Hello and welcome to Think Business Futures. I'm your host, Stefan Postuma, coming to you from two SER studios in Sydney on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. Broadcast right around Australia on the Community Radio Network and around the world, wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we take a closer look at the business issues making up the news. This program is made possible by the assistance of the UTS Business School. Homelessness in Australia is widespread and can arise from a big variety of factors. One of the simplest solutions to the issue is the building of more social and affordable housing. Now, the big issue has been on the front lines of tackling homelessness in Australia for decades, and now they have a new project. Homes for Homes allows people selling a property to pledge a very small portion of their sale price to be donated to a social housing project. To tell us more about Homes for Homes, I'm joined in the studio by Adam Bennett, adjunct professor at UTS and the outgoing CEO of Land Registry Services New South Wales, and also by Tracy Longo, National Operations Manager of Homes for Homes. Adam, Tracy, thanks so much for joining me on Think Business Futures. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for having us. Okay, well, we're going to talk about a really fantastic initiative that uh, the big issue has come up with. Tracy, uh, it's it's tackling homelessness, a massive problem here in Australia. Tell us a bit about the issue of homelessness in Australia, uh, who's affected by it, how many people and, and things. So according to the 2016 Censor data, there was 116,000 people that were homeless during that period of time. We know that the latest Censor data haven't come out, but we also know that that's going to be significantly larger than what it currently is based on the data being you know, at least five years old now. So homelessness is a growing problem. It's not something that you can hide behind. You'll see it out in our streets every day. Um, there is more and more people that are rough sleeping, but it's really um, with 116,000 people, 7% of those are what you see in the streets. The largest percentage of homelessness today are those that we call the unseen homeless. They're the ones that are couch surfing or they're living in somebody's, um, you know, backyard, they're tenting or they're they're simply in unsafe accommodation, which could be boarding houses um, and shared accommodation, which is just not safe and secure for them. So we know the problem exists, we know it's growing and we know that um, COVID had a massive impact um, and the cost of living today is just increasing that even more. So it's Mm. becoming a larger and larger problem for the Australian community. Mm, Okay. And now this project, Homes for Homes, tackles homelessness by building homes. Now, there's a lot of issues when it comes to homelessness, but as you as you mentioned, the the cohort of unseen homeless people are particularly affected by the problem with housing affordability and, you know, a deficiency in the amount of social housing. Can you just explain a bit about this issue in Australia and 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 the current lack of social and affordable housing here. We know there's over you know there's over six hundred thousand shortfall of social and affordable homes today. The wait list um, for community housing and social housing is just growing exponentially. So um, you know to take somebody out of poverty or to to make them not homeless, you need to put a roof over their head. It also allows people then to be able to deal with other issues that come. Um, not only their social well being improves once the roof goes over their heads. We've learned that 
that through the work that we do with the big issue after 26 years of really helping those on the margins and disadvantaged find work. If a roof is provided, they're able to to deal with a lot of those other challenges that come um, with societal issues. But it also is economically sound for us to actually house our society. Um, We did some research with UTS um, and they found that it costs Australia $44,000 per annum to keep somebody homeless. So, you know, that's a that's a million dollars over the lifetime of an individual who, if left um, without that roof, can um, cost this uh, strange society. So it's really important that we do find safe and secure housing, but the reality is there's just not enough. So Homes for Homes has been created to be able to help fund some of that missing gap. Um, mm. It's too large. The problem is way too large for any government, um, private entity or um, philanthropic organisation to be able to do this on their own independently. So we were looking for something that was going to be sustainable long term that could help and assist grow the supply of social and affordable housing here in Australia. Okay. Adam, how did you come across the big issue and how did you come across this project at Land Registry Services? Yeah, so I've been a big fan of the big issue for, for many years and, and came across them uh, in probably the way m- most people do, uh, seeing the street vendors selling uh, the magazines each week. And that's been a great uh, experience for many years of my life, just uh, buying a magazine, having a chat with the vendor. Very soon after I started with New South Wales Land Registry Services, I was introduced to Homes for Homes. And uh, to be honest, I hadn't heard of Homes for Homes, but I heard, had heard uh, of their connection to the big issue. So I was really keen uh, to meet with them. And uh, when I understood the concept, it was just a fantastic fit for us. Uh, so it was something that I really wanted to put the weight of our organisation behind professionally. And personally, I just thought it was a great idea. So um, really wanted to get involved. Okay, fantastic. Now, Tracy, tell us about Homes for Homes. What is it? It's really, really simple. It's about registering your home. So like you, if you wanted to um, donate your organs, you can register and people know what your wishes are. With Homes for Homes, you can register your property with Homes for Homes. And when you sell your property in the future, whether that's the day or in seven years time, 0.1% of that sale price will flow to our fund. That money is then pooled. And then when there is a significant amount of funding in a state or territory, it's actually granted out to the um, sector to, as I said, use or be utilised to be able to grow and increase the supply of social affordable housing. So it's a grant to the community housing sector for them to make a project uh, where they're able to increase that supply. Mm, okay. Let's talk a bit about the the fine print of how, how this actually works and where the collaboration between land registry and Homes for Homes is so important. So as you mentioned, people can can make this pledge of uh, 0.1% of the sale value of their homes uh, to go towards Homes for Homes. But how does it actually work? Yeah, so it's a, a tax-deductible donation that comes straight out of the proceeds. So just like any sale, um, you would pay your rates or you would pay your water. The donation automatically flows to our fund as part of that process. Once you pledge, what we do is we use the, the land title system to be able to recognise that participation. So as I said, if I take it back to the analogy of an organ donor, you would go onto a register and then anybody that um, knew what your wishes were in the future, we utilise the land registry services for example exactly that per 
purpose. By, mm. by lodging a caveat on your title, it sits there. So unlike a lot of people, oh, sorry, myself, like a lot of people can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone a pledge mm. that I may have made many years before. But that pledge sits there so that when um, a property is up for sale, it will do a title search, it will identify that the property is uh, registered and that the homeowner has made that pledge. So it really is utilising the systems that we have available to us today within um, our Australian landscape and legislation to be able to bring this together. And that's where our partnership with the Land Registry Services of New South Wales is so important. It's allowing us to bring awareness um, and also collaboration in this space. Mm. Adam, when you'd first heard of this, was there anything like it previously? Is there anything, any, anything this collaborative that, that utilises land registry and the services that are available already? Look, not that I'm aware of. I mean, and, and New South Wales Land Registry Services is a relatively new organisation. So uh, we were privatised by the government in 2017. And as part of that privatisation, we were essentially separated from government and the right to operate that register granted to our shareholders for 35 years. So I came in uh, into that organisation after the separation and I was very keen uh, to find something in, you know, in the community to connect our employees to. Um, and help grow our, our own employee uh, engagement and also do something that's purposeful and connecting our people to uh, the community. And uh, Homes for Homes was the perfect fit. And it was the perfect fit because the actual instruments that underpin the operation of the whole structure are instruments that we register on behalf of the citizens of New South Wales every day. Mm. So when a property is sold, there is a conveyancing process, there's a range of different instruments that are enshrined in legislation, uh, the, the Real Property Act, those types of things, and the type of caveat that you put on your property when you do pledge to be part of the Homes for Homes initiative is one of those dealings. So it, it's got a degree of formality to it. It's registered on register, on title. And as Tracy mentioned, uh, when that conveyancing process plays out in future, all of that conveyancing is digital and it recognises the caveat that's been placed on the property and it then basically calculates and uh, money to transfer it into the uh, Homes for Homes Fund. So it's a, it's a really great initiative, I think, because it's happening right at the time when, when people are selling homes, there's movement of money you know, to conveyances, to legal, to rates, to all these different types of things that uh, are involved with buying and selling property. And this becomes one of those. And it's a very easy thing for people to get their heads around that for every $1 million of value of their property, they pay $1,000 towards Homes for Homes. And that's tax deductible. So in, in effect, it's $500 per million dollars of value. Mm, absolutely. So I think when people want to support charitable organisations, there's there's different ways that organisations work, you know, from everyone from door knocking to selling poppies to, you know, large corporate initiatives or, or whatever they might be. But why do you think, Adam, that having people get involved in this process of settlement of a property is is a no-brainer for people in a sense that that, that makes them it makes it easier for people to uh, donate a significant amount of money uh, during this time. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, what we've been thinking about, and and I guess professionally and personally. So if I take uh, my wife and I, so we've made the pledge on our uh, our family home to 
to put it into the Homes for Homes uh, initiative. And we felt pretty good doing that. So um, we know at some point in the future we will move. You know, our kids will move out of home and we'll downsize. We'll do all you know, different types of things. And it felt very purposeful to get involved in this and actually know that when we do eventually sell our home, the arrangements are in place for some money to be paid into this fund and, mm. and help solve homelessness. And we're hopeful that whoever buys our home uh, leaves the caveat on the property so that when they then in turn sell the property, they will also make the pledge. And obviously this, this caveat can be taken off at any time, but you know, it'd be great if people leave it on. From a professional perspective, I think what we would love to see is that over time, the amount of properties that have this caveat on them uh, obviously increases. And then over time, you're really getting some kind of annuity income stream as more and more houses sell. It's creating this multiplier effect in the community where people are feeling they're good about putting the, the pledge. Uh, they're, they're sending that tax deductible donation at the time of sale and only at the time of sale. So it's something that you can do and you actually don't have to pay any money mm. Uh, now you know it's like it'll all play out in due course and I think it's really attractive to people when they are buying or selling houses uh, there is just the velocity of money through different uh, settlement of different things you know they're paying real estate agents they're paying electricity and utility fees conveyancing and all those types of things so it feels like a very good time to make this pledge and actually just see some of the you know very very small amount of the the money uh, flow into a charity that is such a great charity. Mm, okay. Now, the the caveat that sits on in in this title, Tracy, do you have to opt out of that if 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 it rolls over from from the previous owner of the house, or do you have to opt into it? So once it's pledged or the pledge is there, when you go to sell your home, you just disclose that in your contractor sale to the purchaser that's coming to, to look at your property. Right. Um, and they can then make a voluntary decision whether they want to retain and continue that pledge or whether at that point in time they would like it to be removed. If they remove it, there's no cost. So there's no cost to entry and there's no cost to remove it. As you know, we were saying before, ideally we would love to see that sort of flow from homeowner to homeowner. Mm. What that does is it creates generational change. So it means that funds coming in today and funds will come in in the future. And you know that the property over time will be able to accumulate, um, you know, significant donations flow. Um, and we have, we've got really great success rate. We, we have a retention rate of over 80% um, mm. of properties that do transfer from one owner to the next, continue the pledge. But at the same time, as I said, you know, Homes for Homes is very much a voluntary um, component. This is very much around a community-led solution where, where everyone can come together, where they're created wealth through one of Australia's largest assets, your home, um, and being able to utilise that wealth and distribute it um, to, to those that really do need to have um, support. Mm. I, I think that there is so, so much to be admired about the simplicity of the model, but also how it sort of works in with our, our sort of basic instincts in a sense. I think one thing that I love is the fact that, you know, say you sell your house for a million dollars, you can feel good about the fact that a thousand dollars has gone to try to help solve homelessness. But at the same time, you know, that that may continue down the line. You may you may have initiated a legacy that can that can last for however long. And that's that's just a small extra there. But but also at the same time, I think there's something about being in a position where you own a home 
and you've potentially made some some good money on this home in, in in selling it and things like that, and then supporting the building of new homes. I mean, there's there's a nice harmony in 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 that sort of psychology, and then and then at the same time, as you, as you mentioned, Adam. The movement of money when when you're settling a home, and I I, I mentioned uh, before we started that I I bought my first home la- last year, and it it is I mean frankly one of those times where a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars here or there for building reports and for conveyances and for stamp duty and for whatever little minor repairs need to happen at the start is uh, you know not as significant as if it was just coming out of your bank account in any other random week of the year. So there's so much simplicity, but yeah, it's it's a very very admirable uh, and and great great way of going about it. Tracy, can renters get involved? Absolutely. So we like to talk about property for purpose. So we know now that um, there is over about 37% of Australians who rent and we know that that's growing and continuing and will continue to grow. So the population of renters will increase. So it's really important that we're able to provide a solution that not only homeowners could participate in, but renters could. So absolutely. Today, you can go onto our website, anyone who's renting, and they can also pledge 0.1% of their monthly rental income to Homes for Homes. And that's an ongoing donation on a monthly basis, which um, if you take the average uh, rental property over a course of um, per annum, it's about $27, $28 per year. It doesn't sound like a lot, but again, we talk about little amounts contributing over time really do add um, to that significant part. So it's it's about giving up one breakfast, I guess, per, per year to be able to um, donate to Homes for Homes that you know is going to um, really make a difference to somebody's life. Mm. Adam, I'm curious, considering this is potentially sort of the first collaboration of its type, do you, do you think that there's sort of scope for other ways for philanthropic organisations to work with organisations like Land Registry to come up with initiatives that do make it quite easy for people to to, to part with some money and, to, and to, to donate to good causes. This seems like such a harmonious collaboration where, uh, you know, you're using your instruments as you, as you mentioned, but it, it all flows through sort of the frame of, of housing and housing affordability. Do you think that we can think outside the box, whether it's a, a charity or a department, and, and think about new ways of coming up with raising some funds for these important issues? Yeah, look, I hope so. I mean, our our shareholders are very serious about their ESG commitments. Mm. So that is really, uh, I guess, at the the forefront of how they want to, as operators, run this concession that they've got from the government. And that has translated into how we then run this business and build staff engagement and build uh, staff connection to uh, things like Homes for Homes. And we've done that really to build pride in the organisation and that's been quite successful. So we've seen as a result of things like this employee engagement and other things, uh, we've seen employee engagement go from about 50% to 77%. So our, our staff are taking great pride in this. So that's a, a really good business outcome for us. In terms of us playing a role in actually then uh, helping philanthropy, which I think is a really important topic for, for, for people to think about. There's certainly a role that we can play as New South Wales Land Registry Services. So for example, we're, we're really keen to, to continue working with, with Homes for Homes. We also want to, uh, and we are, lobbying uh, solicitors and conveyances. So when they do become aware of the caveat on title and some of the arrangements that, uh, that Tracy's uh, alluded to, 
they know what that is and they can mm. advise their clients, say, hey, this is a really good thing. Why don't you keep this on? All this means is, you know, you pay $1,000 per million and $500 you get back from tax. And, you know, they can kind of be advocates for it. And the other thing that we, we believe we can play a role in and we've started to as well is is working with some of the developers. And there's some really good developers out there, property developers who we've started conversations with who see the value of uh, Homes for Homes. And they're seeing this through the lens of how can they discharge their own ESG commitments? Mm. And how do they, for example, if they've developed a block of 100 apartments, would they put that caveat on those 100 apartments? So when they initially sell them to members of the public, those people who are purchasing them are made aware of Homes for Homes, which is a great charity. And then they have the choice as to whether they keep it on. And And of course, there's no cost to do that right up front. So hopefully we'll end up with a couple of apartment blocks uh, over time, you know, as they come online from different developers that have these caveats on each of the apartments and then they're held through time. And again, we just see the housing stock that has the caveats on them continue to grow over time. Mm, okay. Tracy, have you have you seen that same sort of engagement from developers? Because it seems like a a huge opportunity. Not only do they have these ESG commitments like you mentioned, but... Uh, They've also got so much stock, like you mentioned, 100 houses at once potentially. Absolutely. Uh, We're really blessed. We've got 40 developers currently partnered with Homes for Homes that have various projects nationally that are registered with Homes for Homes. Those um, projects we'll we'll see over the course of the next few years about 17,000 properties or dwellings um, be registered with Homes for Homes. And as I said, with our retention rate, we're really proud that that will, you know, that will continue to grow. We'll continue discussing um, with developers to further expand that. We know, you know, they, they do have a large portfolio and it'd be great to be able to tap into that mar- market much larger. From an ECG perspective, we really do believe that we bring great value um, to the party of those partnerships. Consumers are looking more and more savvy today, not just environmental sustainable pro- product but also they want socially sustainable product. Um, and that's where Homes for Homes can fit. It allows a, a developer to be able to demonstrate a social element to their to their community that they're selling into, especially where they are um, either a, a greenfield community site or whether it's an apartment block somewhere in the CBD. Um, there's a sense of community and pride that comes along with joining and partnering with Homes for Homes, um, especially when the whole apartment block comes together and you know are all registered. It makes a significant difference to the experience of of that community. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about a little further about where the money actually goes and the and the types of organisations you you partner with in terms of addressing uh, housing affordability and, and and social housing. Once a significant amount of money is raised in a state or territory, it stays in that state or territory. And that was really important. We did about seven years of research before we launched Homes for Homes to Market. And that was one of the things that came out very clearly. It was really important that the money was redistributed in in the need of where it was being raised. So to date, we've been able to fund over 13 projects in a very short period of time. And that's through our partnerships with our development community, but also with the Land Registry New South Wales at a bringing awareness to Homes for Homes. Those projects have been very, very diverse. So what happens is we use an independent governance program to identify where the money will be best utilised. So we open a grant round. We'll call for applications to that grant round. We provide a flexible funding solution, but we do have some criteria that anyone who's applying for it needs to achieve. We want to make sure that the um, project is sustainable, 
both environmentally but also socially. We want to ensure that the tenants, if being tenanted, um, have the right wraparound services to support them long term. So it's not only just providing a roof, it's providing the supports needed for the tenant that goes into it so that they get really great long term outcomes. So there is criteria that um, an organisation needs to meet in order to apply for the funding. Our housing advisory groups are made up of independent experts within the field that come across from academia, they come across from social services and government um, and provide an independent voice as to where they think that the money could be best placed. We've had projects that have been very, very diverse from women over 55 that, that are in the private housing sector um, or rental market and I guess their funding is just literally being depleted because the cost of the rent exceeds what they've, mm. they're capable of delivering on, which places them at risk at homelessness, but they're considered too wealthy to be able to, to receive social supports. So they've been able to go into a housing where it's been provided to them for the length of the remainder and it's capped at you know 30% of their income. So it gives them the protections that they need. We've funded projects from women coming out of incarceration to, uh, to transitional housing where they can be reignited with their family and allow them to readapt to the community. There's a project in Canberra where we've funded for adult children with uh, mental disabilities aged between 35 and 65 where their parents are ageing and they really need somewhere for their adult children to be um, looked after for the remainder of their lives. So it's a very diverse, the reality mm. of, of who's experiencing homeless today is extremely large. We know that um, women are the, the most impacted, especially around domestic violence. So there are projects where we've been able to fund and get off the shelf for um, women experience domestic violence. So it's quite diverse and that's the benefit of being able to know that your donation is, is not just helping one particular cohort, it's being spread across many different projects, supporting many different cohorts of people in need. Mm. I mean, just to add to that, I mean, the the process is very, very rigorous and, and I've been privileged to be part of one of those advisory committees and um, the the different bids uh, and for those grants has been quite, to, to Tracy's point, has been quite uh, diverse. You know, mm. it could be uh, migrant housing, Indigenous housing, you know, youth kind of at risk housing, domestic violence housing. So, uh, you, you literally, from having seen some of the grants uh, requests that come through, the both the the quality of the submission and the degree of need uh, across those areas is is quite amazing. Like you you look at the the grants and you just wish you could actually fulfil more of them mm. um, because they're all so uh, so worthwhile and and uh, deserving. Uh, but the process to 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 choose them is very very rigorous. Um, and and those advisory boards make a recommendation to an independent recommendation to Homes for Homes, and then that goes through it, its own process within Homes for Homes, and eventually those um, uh, those grants are made. And so people who donate to this uh, can have absolute confidence that not only does the money make it to uh, the projects, but the degree of rigor in choosing those process projects is very strong. Mm, amazing. All right, uh, it's time for us to wrap up, Tracy. How can people get involved? How can I get involved? Because I'm going to go online after this and, and make a pledge I've decided through this conversation. How can I do it? 
please jump onto our website, www.homesforhomes.org.au. We have a register um, button that you can push on. It simply takes five minutes to register with Homes for Homes in your property. And we would love all of your listeners to get on board. It is, as I said, a community-led solution. We um, have done some modelling, which shows that if we can get 3% of um, the entire industry to lift and, and register their properties, over the course of the next 30 years, we can raise a billion dollars. Um, and that billion dollars we know through what we've learned today can unlock up to about $8 billion worth of projects for social and affordable housing. Mm, amazing. It's such a fantastic project. Uh, when I started reading about it, I I mean, it, it's so simple, but it seems so effective that it was kind of one of those moments where you're like, why hasn't anyone thought of this before? It's it, it, it's such a simple and effective idea. Um, all the best with, with Homes for Homes over the, the next generation or, or however long we can last it can last well hopefully hopefully forever, forever. exactly <laughs> hopefully forever in perpetuity is in, the way we like to talk exactly all right well that is all we have time for thank you both so much for coming in um adam and tracy thanks for joining me on think business futures thank, thank you, you for having much. us yeah thank you Thank you for joining us for another episode of Think Business Futures. Thank you to my guests, Adam Bennett and Tracy Longo. You can listen and share this chat wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to get Think Business Futures in your feed each week. And please support the show by leaving a review. I'm your host, Stefan Postuma, and I'll see you again somewhere in the world of business next week.